Fresher Than Your Father podcast. Boom. Pow. Ding. That's probably a bit much, right? Nah, it was, it was, um, it was good. In fact, I think, um, I think Boom Pow is the new name, is the name of my new favorite Portland record store, which I visited twice when I was home. Boom Pow. It might be Boom Wow, but it's either Boom Wow or Boom Pow. Shout out. Shout out. You know what I mean? Had joints. Yeah, man. Joints. Classic joints. All 45s, $3. Um, yeah, they can't, they were coming with, um, some nice joints. I spent money. And then with the grab bag, when you buy, you go up to the counter, buy your joints, come with a grab bag, 30% off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, shout out. I forget uh homegirl's name that works there but and run, owns it, but she's classic. Classic, oh. classic spot. Shout out. This is Fresher Than Your Father podcast number 43. 43. And as Raphael pointed out after number 34, 4 plus 3 equals 7. Wow. And that's a powerful number. Wow. Also, is 43 a prime number? I have no idea. I'm going to go out there and say it is a prime number. I feel like prime numbers are kind of powerful. Word. They are, they are because you can't break them down. Nah. They stand firm. Yeah, you, you could try to break them down to their very last compound. And then the the number would just say to you, "Yo, that sounds unrational." <laughs> you might have to use the word "dramatical." Fresh. You, that that is some serious lyrical nerdness that we just went into right there. Yeah, but I mean, see, KRS is the power of numbers, man. It every every album. He'd tell you it was fresh for that number, for that year. That year. Yeah. And, you know, he, his, he's got a number in his name, one. Yes. Am I Sh- a philosopher? Yes. You said what? <laughs> no, what is it? So, you're a philosopher? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Starting the show off with some rap nerdisms. Rap nerdisms. Quick shout out to all the graph heads that use numbers in their name. Word up. Now where KRS One got that from? Was he a graph writer? Did he do that first? Yes, yes, yes. I, I actually, what was I watching? I was watching. Oh, have you seen the Ice T movie? Um, about MC. I just the, the art of rap. I was just thinking to myself, oh, we should talk about this. Yes, the art of rap. I loved it because KRS talks about. Isn't he's in Fat Beats? I haven't watched. I've watched two thirds of it. I got to the point where KRS is being interviewed and he's in Fat Beats right. in L.A. being interviewed and talking about how he was a graph writer and then went into his first battle because someone he was he was in the crowd and the MC one of the MCs chose to diss I think his pants or his shirt and KRS was not having that not having it no went in. He decided to go in and basically dismantled that rapper. And basically ignited a career of dismantling rappers. Yes. Now, <clears throat> did you 
get the part where Ice T is talking with Cool Keith. Cool, yeah, he's in the diner, right? And Keith is wearing like like a white furry outfit. Yep. Yeah. Now, wasn't KRS one the one who had said, "I got rhymes for everybody, waiting on everybody"? Yes. Yes. And Cool Keith said he does as well. He does too. This must be a thing. Like, um, is it just amongst older heads? Is it just amongst crazy heads? Like, who who are these dudes who Bronx? Oh, is that a Bronx? Thing? I don't know. Were cats in the Bronx just? They were so amped up, they were on the lookout. They were right. doing research. Who's the new cat coming in? I'm gonna write a rhyme. I have my notebook ready. That it seems mind-boggling to me. And what's the level where they're good enough to get a verse ready? I, that's that's a good question. That's a good question. On the block, are you rocking shows? Fresh mixtape deal? Got a deal? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. That film, Freestyle, where they talked a lot about the the supernatural Craig G battle. Word. And much of Craig G's thing was about he just got the deal. All him and the deal. The deal, the deal. But cats don't get deals now. No. They do. So maybe he's just there. Maybe he's just, maybe he's just on these internets looking on YouTube. Oh, this guy. This new guy, he gets a verse. I just, you know, we know KRS also from the premiere interview, we know KRS had had basically the back of like a station wagon full of bags of rap uh, lyric notebooks, <laughs> multicolored. There was a lot of rhymes being written. Right. Right. Yeah. Because there were a lot of cats that needed to be served. Yeah. You know what I want to say about that movie is that I've watched, again, I've watched about two-thirds. I haven't finished it. But two two brief observations. I like that um, that Kaz gets a lot of, I mean, it's an odd movie. It's not It's not a perfect movie in my opinion. But they're highlighting, I think, certain cats that don't necessarily get highlighted a lot, which I think is dope. Yep. And then I got to say, man, when like, it's just really, it's dope to me when certain cats, they say other, other cats rhymes. Love it. Like, it's like that, that most video of him doing the doom lines, like in the same way, like, what was it? I think like Eminem did Tretch and cats were doing, Cats busted out Ice T's verses and like just that like it's like that combination of of like another like kind of similar take on someone else's joint plus that that just it's like that you can tell they love like they memorize and they love that they studied the shit you know what I mean yeah and it's I love to hearing cats interpret other cats because there's so much uh-huh. new spitting a verse. And when you hear somebody else spit a verse, I mean, like off the cup, they'll usually come pretty straight ahead. Like this is kind of how the other cat did it. Yeah. But you you can hear like little subtle plays and how they how they freak it. And I, I don't know. It's just not a of the happening because it's part of the fun. Like you know, 
we buy all kind of music that features covers, and sometimes covers are like some of the most classic joints, mm-hmm. like just classic, classic, classic joints, and yeah, you just don't hear it enough. So it, yeah, it always gets me fired up too. Yeah, love it. Those, those most up videos where he's he's or Yasin Bay now, but where he's doing Doom lyrics are classic, man. They're great. Yeah, they're great. So what what were your what were your criticisms of the movie? Art of rap. Art of rap. Um, you know, sometimes I wanted more of one cat. Sometimes there was, I mean, this is minor, you know, sometimes there was a little too much like iced tea commentary for me. Yeah. Um, uh, or it was like a done and kind of a, like a, it was edited in a kind of a weird way sometimes. Like they jump from this cat to that, that, you know, that person and I, I don't know, like it, it was kind of to me, it was kind of like because I'm a hip hop nerd, like I was really pretty happy to like hear from and see all these different cats. But some of the interviews to me were kind of kind of whatever, not a lot of them, but some of them and the way it kind of flipped back and forth and all around just doesn't didn't seem very uh didn't very smooth, like. Like, but the thing is, I could sit there and nerd out. Like, I'd love to see the full unedited interviews of all those cats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there, there seem to be, I, I'm blanking on names, but when you watch the whole thing, you can see the names of some people who they spoke to, but that didn't make them film. Uh huh. Um, and that's, Interesting. I mean, it wasn't anybody that thought, oh my gosh, that's awful. And, you know, they get to make the movie they want to make. But I, 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 I gotta admit that seeing Kaz get high, did you get to that point? Yeah. Oh, where he rolls something up? Yeah. And I think, I think there are times where it just kind of Kaz, Kaz as a bit of a weed head. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if that is the case, so be it. But I, I don't know why. Focus on that part. That's the, yeah, that 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 I agree. It was like there was not just him, but definitely him. Like, like, why are we even watching this right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe they felt you need to break it up a little bit for, you know, Joe consumers who 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 may not be ready for like hours of just straight ahead, like hardcore commentary on MCN. But I, I could have watched cats build on their process and what they think about the art all day. Yeah. All day. Love it. And then, they, you know, they got cats who know what they're doing or who, who, we, they got cats whose opinion we should be taking seriously. Yeah. And that was kind of fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely a cool flick, man. Um, shout out Ice T. Yeah. Ice T, man. You never know what he might do. Listens regularly. That I made that up. I don't. Oh <laughs> uh, man, who? Yeah, that was yeah. Classic. I need to. I need to go finish that. Yeah, man. Shout out to Netflix, man. They seem like they're stepping their game up. They're not giving me any money, but they actually have things I want to watch now. And for a while, that wasn't the case. It's true. Netflix, man. You know, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time. I watched all five seasons of Alias. How was that? Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, I watched all five seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, like, it was kind of like I kind of rolled through it. Like, all right, I probably did some kind of slight, like, mental damage to my brain to a certain extent watching all that. But, uh, but you know, it wasn't the end of the well. Kind of was the end of the world at certain moments, but it wasn't the end of the world overall. So, yeah. Alias, J.J. Abrams. Boom. Went to my college. You went Sarah Lawrence. Oh, you said you went to my college. Yeah. Word up. Mm. Yeah. You, you, you youngsters do well for yourselves out of uh, Sarah Lawrence. Youngsters. Youngsters. I'm what? You know, I think people may get offended, but I like calling people young man now. I don't. I haven't, I haven't done young lady. Women in age is a dicey thing. You never really know when you're going to step wrong and get served. Word. Um, I don't know. Young man is entertaining to me. Young man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. Although I'm still kind of into the youngsters. Youngsters. That's great too. Yeah. It doesn't involve young as like a title. Like young Ian. What if you came as young Ian for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be fresh. I, I don't know. I don't think I could allow that. Oh, man. Wow. Young Ian. Young Ian, man. Young Dave. Young Dave. Then my, I, young Ian. I hope there's not a rapper that comes out named Young Ian. Right now we got Joey Badass. I mean... Admittedly, I listened to half of Joey Badass's tape, and I was decently impressed. Yeah, he's not bad. I just, I just listened to the first. I listened to Waves not too long ago, and I thought, uh-huh. oh, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, solid. Well, well, speaking of, of new cats, new music, 2012 just ended. Shout out 2012. Shout out. Any, any music? We're not going to do like a top list because that's weird, and I, I'm not prepared. I don't know if you are, but. What music stands out to you? What 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 do you think of, or what was especially fresh to you this year, good this year? Well, you know, I um, I thought shout out people people mixes dot dot com. I I thought he came with an interesting instead of doing a top list, he came with this blog post called albums I bought in 2012. I feel I feel like we're at this point where, you know, how much music are you actually like album wise? Are you actually buying like, especially cats our age? You know what I mean? Like, um, it's just really kind of here and there as far as new music is is concerned. And so I don't know, maybe that's just me, but like, I'm not buying like you know back in the in the day you'd be like, oh, I bought or I dubbed, you know, I didn't necessarily buy, but I dubbed or I burned or I. I bought these albums, and of those, these are the ones that were the dopest or whatever, right? But now, uh, anyway, I digress. But I thought that was a good move. So if I think back to the albums I actually paid money for, which wasn't a lot, definitely The Physics out of Seattle. I bumped that album a lot. Um, The new Physics album, check that out. Physics spelled like your physics class. It's just it's good hip hop, man. Good hip hop. Really good. Yeah. Um 
I'm trying to think if I really, I, you know, the Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. I, I, it took me a second, you know, it really took me a second, but I warmed up, and now I'm definitely feeling most of it. Not every single track, but most of it, and definitely a couple cuts are just like in, in, in really high level. Yeah. High level music. Um, and I really liked. I purchased. I not to diss Killer Mike because I thought he came with some heat on rap music, but I did end up purchasing um, the LP produced instrumentals because when I'm in certain a certain mood, I get into that kind of like it's it has a very kind of like futuristic bomb squad type of feel. A lot of those cuts, so kind of yeah, vibe out to like that those beats, like you know when when you're in a certain headspace or mood. I I couldn't connect with the whole project, so I could hear vibrant to just the music. Mm-hmm. But I respect each of those cats a lot, um, but having purchased the the version with the vocals, I I could see how the instrumentals, yeah, word up. It just didn't. What were you say, sir? Didn't feel like a, a connected piece, and I don't understand why. Or maybe I just couldn't connect to it as the whole piece. But uh-huh. we're at the beach. And didn't, didn't LP drop a, uh, an, another joint, uh, Cancer for Cure? Did you check that? I checked it. I checked the vocal version and there were a couple joints I liked. Um, but then by the end, like halfway through the record, I got, I was getting bored. I should come back and check, check again, like not to diss LP on the vocals, but I don't really feel them like I did back in like the early, the very early company flow days. And like, I'd rather, sometimes I just rather listen to it. I do think he's just a monster on the production. Cause I think he, uh, he orchestrates shit like kind of in a Kanye kind of like, it's not just a, I love loops, but it's not, it's never just a loop or just a, you know, a, a, a kind of a more basic beat structure. It's always kind of this more orchestrated building kind of sequence piece. And so, uh, yeah, I should go back and check those instrumentals again. Word up. Yeah. Word up. Anything else? I'm trying to think, man. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. You know what I mean? That's that's like it's the good and bad of doing it this way. Is that it's like what pops into your head. Yeah, yeah. Definitely after this podcast, you know, and both the listeners, you know, likewise. Oh, hey, why didn't they mention this? Or oh, I can't believe I overlooked that. Exactly. They're like, fuck you. Yeah, young, young Ian. Yeah. Old Ian. <laughs> I was definitely more mainstream and what, at least not in what resonated with me. Like the, the Frank Ocean I thought was really well done. Mm-hmm. And really interesting. But one of the things about it that, that some people had trouble with that I spoke to when it first came out, that it, it seemed kind of distant and disconnected in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over time that kind of wore on me. You know, because it he's been around for a while. Yeah. And he's seen a lot. And it's almost like he's jaded a little bit. But he's also really good at what he does, and he's been around for a while, and he can do it at a high level. But it wasn't like, uh, and then you hear like, so I've never said this, or I haven't said this in a long time, but it was a good year, I thought, for R&B, especially if you consider the Frank Ocean an R&B record. But then I heard the Miguel record, again, a little off the side, but 
still sort of mainstream. I see it on a lot of people's best of the year album. And Miguel was coming like, I don't want to say he was hungry, but his whole heart was in the project. Mm-hmm. It really showed, it really highlighted how distant and kind of, eh, Frank Ocean felt about what he was participating in, right? Like, mm-hmm. he didn't up his music, but I think a part of him felt like, you know, a lot of this is bullshit, and I know it's bullshit, but I'm playing because this is what I do, and I'm going to make my music, but you should know. Even in the lyrics, it's like it's kind of this disillusionment with the bullshit and Miguel's like all in like fuck it I want to do it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that passion was kind of fun to hear um, and then the other album I, I feel like kind of dominated the year for me musically um, and, and it felt like it dominated some discussions for a time was that Robert Glasper experiment mm-hmm. album um, which you know, when I first heard it, I was like, eh. Then I found myself listening to it all the time. And then the remixes started creeping out for the remix AP. And when I heard the remixes, I was like, oh, this, this is fresher. This is better. Mm-hmm. Some really dope remixes that, that they were dropping. And then I saw them live, and it was really weird. Did I talk about that before? No. So, you know, the the... The, the experiment, the album, the Robert Glasper experiment featured this drummer, Chris Dave, Chris Daddy Dave. And like, Quest Love is like, that's, that dude is an effing monster. And, you know, he's touring with D'Angelo, this crazy session player. And the drumming on the album, Black Radio, is phenomenal. So I'm going to see the experiment and Ian, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to check Glasper, whatever. I'm trying to see Chris Dave. Word, word. Dude is supposed to be monster drummer. I'm trying to check for the drummer. So I roll to the spot. I learned this from my dad. You post up by the drummer, right? Like whether you're going to check for the drummer or not, if you're really trying to see a band play, he always thought you go post up by the drummer. Mm. Just what I do regardless. But I was particularly amped, particularly focused. I'm getting there early. I'm posting up by the drummer. It's on. And then it wasn't Chris David, it was some other cat. And the cat was good, but he was just in the drumming fast, like so in the drumming fast. And at first I'm like, word, this is interesting. And then about three songs in, I'm like, okay, dude, what else is there? Yeah. And then it just felt like, you know, I mean, it is the Robert Glasper experiment. They are doing some interesting things. Um, but on the album, there was a lot of guest vocals in concert. There were no guest vocalists. Well, there was one sister who came out. I can't remember her name. She wasn't on the album. I don't think she was. And um, so it was a lot of vocoder uh, vocals. Oh, word. Exploring. They're pushing it, right? And they're, like, going to see what the hell is next. It's like they were trying to figure out what's the next thing for our band. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. You go see jazz, you kind of expect, especially experimental jazz, you kind of expect them to push the envelope. But it just wasn't always enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's good. I mean, it was good. Mm-hmm. You just cut out again. Oh. It was a good concert. It just wasn't always an enjoyable concert. Which is a weird thing to have happen. You know what I mean? No, I, I yeah. 
And yeah. it's too bad that dude wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and you know, you you it's cool to see somebody new. Mm-hmm. But my man was just drumming so fast, Ian. Like I, it, you know, and like sometimes that's cool, but like, like come on, yeah, come on, switch it up, homie. And and like the band was like looking, they're looking at each other more. Like, okay, what are we doing? What are you doing? And he was kind of new, the drummer. So they, a lot of them were just watching him. Like, what is he doing? And it was curious. It was a curious, thing. but that that was kind of towards the end of the year. So it was like black radio kind of popped up along the year and a lot of people that I, I i like and respect personally friends were all really about it like oh yeah this is the type of music music is you, you know you know those records that people come with that are like you know if you like music you will like this uh-huh this is giving me faith that music isn't dying yeah that kind of juvenile shit it, i'm serious I, I think it's juvenile i'm not i'm not really into those type of proclamations Word. It was definitely the record that a lot of juvenile compliments were made about. So, yeah, that's the year of music. And then artists I like came with records that I thought were cool. I don't know if they're great records, but, you know, C and Cake dropped a joint I liked, and Khaki King dropped a joint I liked. It was cool. Uh, we should, we should also shout out, not shout out, but you know, I thought, um, I thought Alchemist, you know, Alchemist came through on that Action Bronson mixtape. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was talking with my barber about this yesterday, actually. And he said the same. Well, he, what he said was he thought that Action Bronson was a little whatever, like he was trying to play a character, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. But that the whole record was just held down by Alchemist Beats. He really, he really came back with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun in music, man, this year. Yeah, yeah. So, what what's going on with these sports? These sports, well, you know, we talk about these sports, these young, these these youngsters in these sports. Um, evidently, the news is that Kobe Kobe has a Twitter now. Kobe has a Twitter? He's back. You know what I mean? Before, uh, who was complaining that Kobe, Kobe wasn't tweeting? I think that was Perkins. A word. When, uh, when he got dunked on, when Perkins got dunked on. Right, right. Right. LeBron, LeBron tweeted and Perkins wasn't happy. He, he, Kobe wasn't tweeting. Kobe wasn't tweeting. Kobe didn't tweet. So right. now Kobe can tweet. It, it, what's, what's Kobe going to tweet? Like, so I, I was curious. You know what I mean? So evidently, I'm going to read some tweets here. His first tweet, which was retweeted, I believe, something like 7,000 times or something stupid like that. I shouldn't even know these things, but was the antisocial has become social. Mamba tweets. <laughs> it's is he hashtagging himself Mamba tweets? Mamba tweets. <laughs> he, he really he's he's gonna call himself the Black Mamba. This is it. This he's the Mamba. He calls himself the Black Mamba. Snoop Dogg named D'Anthony Thomas the Black Mamba, but but 
but Kobe has called himself the Black Mamba. Mamba tweets. Mamba tweets. Okay, I'm sorry. Number tweet number two, I find more interesting. Mm-hmm. Fourteen hours ago, thoughts of self doubt. Am I done? Is this how my career will end? I refuse to give in to these thoughts. Hashtag strong will count on challenges. That that's all one that's all one hashtag. Or he just two, has that's two two hashtags. One strong will. Number two count on challenges. Mm. Is this how my career will end? Mm. Is is he referring to the team or himself? I wonder. It's, it's, it, I don't know. And then he decided to come with acupuncture therapy, whatever it takes. Mamba tweets. And then a picture. <laughs> a picture of his leg. Which makes me think that this isn't really Kobe. <laughs> wow. Between the last two tweets. But maybe this is how he rolls. And there's a really raw picture of his leg stuck with a bunch of needles. So why why do you think it's not his leg? I'm not saying it. It just seems it seems kind of random. It seems I understand casket open on Twitter, but for for dude to just have joined Twitter and his his second and third tweets are about whether his career is done and throwing up pictures of like an acupunctured leg. I guess is that that's how cats get down. I guess I'm not on Twitter enough to know that that's that's I, the choice. I, well, it's it does seem very unmamba because he's usually coming like you know I'm not. Well, no, that's not true. I started to suggest he doesn't come with these injuries like showing. Okay, look at how I'm hurt. Look at how bad things are. He just plays through it. But actually, it, it you know that he's hurt. Yeah. But I'm still playing. Right, like it, it's build his legend. So you know, some cats will be hurt, and you'll never know they're hurt. Like kind of like, mm, some a little off. And then you'll later, oh, they had plantar fasciitis, or they had a bone spur, bone spur, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, flu-like symptoms. Right. Right. Kidney stones. Then we can the other the other basketball. I've been trying to find interesting basketball news to expand knowledge bases. Yeah, you know, horizons to to birth to birth new knowledge babies. <laughs> Children, yeah. you know what I mean? Right, right. Out of out of out of mental wombs, out of brain wombs. It's just <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, yeah. Get this brain womb. <laughs> so mental youngsters. <laughs> so, 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 what what will you bestow upon us? Evidently, the other day, Kevin Garnett got ejected from a game for punching Tyler Hansborough in the face. What? 
and again, this is one of these bad podcast moves where I'm telling you about a YouTube video that you should go up, look up, listeners. Um, actually, let's take a let's take a side a, a small moment, mm-hmm. listeners. There's now a Facebook fan group. We did not set it up. Shout out, Raphael. Shout out. So you can find that. Use your internet knowledge. Find that. Facebook fans of the podcast, Fresher Than Your Father. And And maybe we'll post some of these videos. The, The visual knowledge can be expanded. You get the audio, you know, the audio intake, you know, Certain certain pieces of knowledge are born right now through your ears, but when you go to the fan group, you can get the full 360 three-dimensional uh, brainwave. It'll be spinning around and within your brain. Exactly. And so I say that to say that I'm about to tell you there is a video called Kevin Garnett nearly kills Tyler Hansborough, Hansborough and gets ejected. <laughs> nearly kills is the is the, the the way it was termed, eh? The the view from the the view from the kind of long the long range view from the kind of camera that's kind of above the court hovering, possibly in one of the small camera helicopter drones. That that view, it really looks like Garnett just comes over in action movie style. Wow. Charles Bronson, Van Damme. Wow. The view from closer up, it looks a little, a little less, uh, a less purposeful. Hmm. But basically, Tyler Hansborough, he went down. After the game, he had nothing to say about it. That's what he said. I've got nothing to say about it. Wow. What, well, what what is he gonna say? Wait, who had nothing to say? Psycho T. Psycho T. Psycho T. Wow. What is there to say? Yes, my face was punched. <laughs> I mean, I, to a certain degree, I feel a little bad because I feel like. I feel like, you know, I give Hansborough a lot of shit on this podcast and over the years that isn't necessarily his fault. Oh, yeah. But he kind of, he kind of, especially in, he kind of stood for something coming out of college that I, uh, I had that, I had these, these hateful feelings for. And so he, unfortunately, you know, things happen and I highlight certain things. Nearly kills. Nearly kills. Wow. Now, <clears throat> I do have something that, especially in thinking about these youngsters in the game. The game. Of basketball. Should we be using that term, the game of basketball? Game of basketball. Should we be shouting out Michael Jordan's odd vernacular? So, anyway... I just want to say in a public forum, fuck Damian Lillard. Wow. You went there. Went there. And I'm hating on the Blazers because my lowly, loathsome calves have only one bright spot. And that is Kyrie Irving, the next great point guard in the NBA. 
And he can't even have a year or two years of pure shine before this youngster comes in, people talking about his potential greatness. Can we not have three years minimum of just pure love for Kyrie Irving before he leaves? No, no, no. Here come these Blazers. Here comes these Lillards. <laughs> these young Lillards, man. Yeah, it was, this is another thing I wanted to talk about. I forgot. Why Why do people do that? Why do they pluralize things that are obviously singular? I feel like it only happens in the NBA. Or, I mean, not in the NBA, but in sports. Right? They'll say, the like, yeah, a lot of coaches getting fired. You look at all the coaches fired in the NFL. You have all of the uh, Shermers of the world, the Andy Reeds of the world. There's only one. <laughs> There's one dude. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But to refer to plural people, these young point guards, the Damian Lillards, Kyrie Irvings. There are several Kyrie Irvings on several teams. Or are there just young Lillards? Young Lillards. I'm sure there are several young Lillards, but only one is stealing Mr. Irving's shine. Hey, Mr. Irving did have one of the most classic basketball commercials since the Greg Oden commercials. Point taken. Point taken. I'm not sure if, if Mr. Lillard has had any kind of shine like that. No, you're right. But he did he did uh he did drop that, that late game three ball against the Knicks the other night. It was nice. Late game three ball. Three ball. I'm throwing together different words to see what happens. Trey, what's another word? Three ball. Three ball. Uh, try to try. Uh, try. I don't know where you go with ball. Yeah. Ball, ball. You, if you want to, you want to roll off a ball. It leads you right to sack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just me. Yeah. One who goes straight from ball to sack to Bozak. Exactly. That brings you right back to EPMD. I don't know exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't know. So I, I don't know. Three ball. We don't have to get hung up on these threes and balls. Why is it always from downtown too? Why is that downtown? It can't be from downtown on both sides. Well, from one side, it's uptown, right? One side of the court is downtown, the other side of the court is uptown. I don't think so, man. It doesn't make any sense. It would be amazing if there was one side that was uptown and one side downtown. <laughs> would it switch during the game? Yeah, that'd be great. He made three shots from uptown last in the last half. See how many can hit from downtown. Elo from Uptown. Uh, sad memories. What happened to Elo? Is he around? We looked him up. I think he's uh Oh, that's right. We did. What did he what was he doing? Was he a, an ostrich farmer? I don't know. Whatever he's doing, he's not stopping Jordan. Let's move on. <laughs> he should he should be down in Charlotte or wherever Jordan holds up, just trying to stop whatever he's doing that day. It just standing in front of his car. <laughs> machine. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
on the floor. No urinal for you, pal. Oh, wow. I for stopping Jordan to make up for that time you didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought him up. I'm, I feel bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just love that name, Elo. Great name. Craig Elo. It's a great name. That's a great name. Another great name, Pooh Richardson. Ooh. Pooh. Pooh Richardson. Let's, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and continue our series. I believe it was called Grumpy Old Men. Mm. Where we discuss uh, former NBA players. This may be a successful or a very unsuccessful series that I am forcing down the uh, listeners' throats here. Listeners, don't go anywhere. Right. We're about to discuss Pooh Richardson. <laughs> Shout out, Pooh Richardson. Shout out. Take it away. So, Pooh, man, he, he played from 89 to 99. That's a nice round number. Played for several teams. By several, I mean three. <laughs> Isn't it usual? That's usually what you assume from several, right? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's that's the minimum for several. Yeah, that's not. You can't, you can't go several on two. No, 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 no. Although you can't go several on four. Yeah, or on eight. Yeah. Or is eight that next level? Is eight the uh, what do you call it? what do you, the journey the journeyman? <laughs> that is the journeyman living out of hotels. The journeyman. Oh yeah, that's Chris Gatling. Chris Gatling. He'll be a future subject of this uh, series. Yeah, in fact, we could just get rid of journeyman and call it a Gatling. <laughs> the Chris Gatlings. Either a Gatling or we'd, if have, you to, we'd have to plural plural it plural pluralize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a mercurial career. These Chris Gatlings. These Gatlings. These Gatlings. So, several, we played for Minnesota, Indiana, and the Clippers. Shout out to the Clippers. Shout out. Yeah, man. That's Pooh, man. I, I, I don't think he did anything of note. If he played for Minnesota, Indiana, and the Clippers, he was never involved on any great teams. Ever. The only the only nugget we have here from the Wikipedia entry is that his nickname came from his grandmother, who thought he resembled Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Hey, is, is there any Pooh that doesn't involve Winnie? I don't. I think Winnie brought down Pooh. You I, you don't come by Pooh through Winnie, who cast exactly. He resembles Winnie. Yeah, that's that's usually not what you want to hear. He resembles Winnie. You know, if you look at this, the, the 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 summary of this guy's NBA career on Wikipedia, and I mean, this is high level podcast right now, but it just we just get into all these amazing forgotten and semi forgotten players. Yeah, who he was traded for? Sam Mitchell, Chuck Person. Michael Williams, Malik Seeley, that's a classic, right? That's a hip-hop classic right there. Greg Miner. That, that was that Baby Jordan? 
That's that was Harold Minor. That was Harold Minor. 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 It's gotten so nerdy. Yeah. Listeners, hello. You know what though? They shouldn't have called him baby. He should have just been Zygote Jordan. He was so far away from Jordan. <laughs> just Jordan. Who is? Was there a Jordan stopper? Like, there's been a couple Kobe stoppers. Yeah. Was that, there a, who was the Jordan? Like, did someone come out and call themselves announce? I am the Jordan stopper. No, no, no. I think the real Jordan stopper was was a uh, herpes. That's the only thing that stopped Jordan from doing Jordan things. That was mean and unnecessary. I don't know if that's true at all. I just said that because he was such a sexual, sexually voracious dude on the court. No, there was no Jordan stopper. Wasn't what's the dude's name? He's now the GM of the Detroit Pistons. Dumars. 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 Was he the guy? He might have been the guy. I thought for two game, the two games that uh, he played played Jordan in the finals. I thought Peyton was was a, a pretty good Jordan stopper. Good old Gary. Yeah, but I don't. No one. No one really came out. I don't think and was like, "Here I am. I'm the Jordan stopper." That was the thing with Jordan. Like you just didn't. You didn't run your mouth. No. You worked so hard to generate anger and disdain and passion for whooping the shit out of you that to come out and say, "I'm the Jordan stopper. Jordan can't do anything with me." Is to basically say. I would like Michael Jordan to come out and roast our team every single time that they play it. He plays us. Except did um did Reggie Reggie talk shit, right? Yeah, Reggie talks shit, but that's just because that's what Reggie. Yeah. And you know, the success he had against the Bulls made that all worthwhile. Um, which go on? Which is none. Why Why do that? Yeah. But at the same time, are you just going to really let yourself be punked by some dude? I'm sure that's the counter-argument from Reggie. We should have Reggie on to, to give his side of the, of the story. It's true. If we had Reggie on, wow. Yeah. You have to get some high-level guests on it. We need some guests, though. It's been a minute since we've had a guest. We need a guest. Yeah. Listeners, shout us out with potential guests. Shout us out. Shout us out with potential guests. Shout us out with topics. You know what I mean? Topics. Or just shout us out. Look, I'm putting this down now. Whoever can help us get Cool Keith on here, I will buy. I'll buy them. What should I buy them, Ian? I'll buy them a sandwich. Boom. Whatever kind of, like, whatever, whatever glazes you want, however you want your bread prepared, whatever type of bread. Toasted panini. <clears throat> you can get Cool Keith on. The sandwich world is yours. It's yours. I don't know what we would ask Cool Keith. I know what I'd ask him. Do you have a rhyme for me? <laughs> Am I on that level? I think we need to ask him. These kinds of cats, Keith. We need to ask him the question you, you you posed that question earlier. What what is the benchmark? Yeah, for getting to that level where the notebook comes out, rhymes are written to dismantle and destroy opposing rappers. 
what what's the benchmark for for people reaching that 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 pinnacle that place and and how do I get there exactly I'm trying to get there man do you know how <clears throat> like seriously like it would be fresh to say you know I got dunked on by Jordan or yeah I I got dunked on by Kobe right like it'd be kind of fun to say unless you're Kendrick Perkins well, yeah, good point. But go on. But it would be fresh to say I got served by Koki. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting served by Koki, and the cats aren't there. But our listeners are familiar with the ridiculous Koki. If you're not, Google him up. Sex styles. Just Google him up. Yeah. It would be fantastic. Ultra magnetic MCs. Google them up. But it would be amazing. If you got served up by Cool Keith, it's probably the most ridiculous asinine thing that ever happened. So many ridiculous jokes came out of that. In fact, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start talking shit about Cool Keith on Twitter, see if I can conjure him up. <laughs> wow. Let's see if I can stir up the pot. And get cool Keith to serve me up. Keith. What are the highlights of my life? I was, uh, working at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No shout out, cause they're kind of douchey. At least they were at the time. And we were doing the, the 99 hip hop conference. And one of my jobs I was helping out was to go pick up the last poets from the airport, right? So, Abby Odun and Umar Ben Hassan. I go uh-huh. pick, right. So, we have, this is 1999, and it's actually, this, this part I'm embarrassed about looking back. So, there were battles associated with the hip hop conference, and rather than having an MC battle, because people were intimidated by MCing, which is a whole other topic we should get into, in educational, settings i think a lot of people are intimidated by mc right they don't want kids rapping it's scary don't get them battling shout out christopher emden and all the cats out at columbia who know better but in any event so we had this poetry slam right and there's a b-boy battle a dj battle graph i think it was like a a a, a book uh what do you call those a black book competition uh-huh and a po- so, I'm in the poetry slam, because at the time I did spoken word, being judged by the last poets, which is fresh, right? It's fresh. Last poets, judging the thing. Word. I'm in the finals. Because I was nice with mine. I was nice. And I do a poem. I can't do it now, but it's a ridiculous poem. It's a ridiculous poem. It's called The Last Nigger Poem. It's ridiculous, right? It's essentially a short performance piece that I did knowing full well I would lose, right? Fully aware I would lose. So I do this poem, and I get up, and they're both shaking their heads, the last poets. Abiel Dune and Umar bin Hassan are shaking their heads. Uh-huh. And Umar bin Hassan goes, he says to me, 
I don't know if this is exactly the words he said, but essentially what he said to me is, you're a fucking idiot. And Abby O'Doon says, but I love it. <laughs> the last poet. Wow. Clowned in public. And then later on, they were performing at the Rock Hall, and I was right down at the front of the stage because I'm fired up. And... They were chastising Cleveland for allowing the Ku Klux Klan to demonstrate in the city. They were chastising all of us who, at, you know, we're at the last poet show. More likely than not, we're not supportive of the Ku Klux Klan. So all of us were expected in their minds to be out there protesting against the Ku Klux Klan. They were chastising us. And I was loudly agreeing with their chastisements. And... Umar bin Hassan looks at me. Or is it Omar? Is it Omar? I keep saying Omar. And to be Omar. honest, I don't know. Maybe Umar. It's pronouncing it. A lot of people, a lot of people, two of the listeners are shaking their heads now. Like, could you at least say the dude's name right? You're fucking up your own story. But anyway, he looks at me like, and he says, would you shut the hell up? We got this. We're running this up here. So twice I got clowned out. By- <laughs> wow. 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 Amazing. So sometimes it's fun to get clowned out by really popular people. Wow. So out. I can't believe you were, wow. You were just loudly agreeing. I was loudly agreeing, but I was like right at the front of the stage, so I was probably distracting them some. I missed the last pause. It wasn't like music playing or anything. They were just trying to, they were trying to set us straight. Uh huh. You know, I was younger. You know, I had energy. I was boisterous. Probably assisted by some chemicals. Uh, be they, uh, inhaled or imbibed. Probably thought, you know, my opinion mattered a lot in that moment. And, uh, they made it clear that it wasn't. Yeah, but I give it up. You went, you went for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no passive stance. Nah, 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 nah. And then that same weekend, I had to take Grand Mixer DXT in case two to go get Chinese food in my beat up Chevy Corsica, and they clown me the whole time. <laughs> beat up. <laughs> these are these are the rap stories we need to hear about. Oh my gosh! They we talk- do a, we need a book of just. Getting clowned out by rap icons. Dude. Oh, that's the best. I, I, I think I probably embarrass myself more. More with famous rap people than any other collective of people in my entire life. Like, either by myself or assisted by others. I've made a complete ass of myself. Like, there was a time, again, this during the rock hall. It was a very eventful weekend as you can imagine somebody uh my boss shout out santina said hey could you walk prince paul to the uh to the shuttle have i told you this story <laughs> i don't think so walk prince paul to the shuttle so i'm walking prince paul to the shuttle my ex-girlfriend was she my ex at that point no she was still my girlfriend 
screams out from across the street. Oh, Prince <laughs> Paul, get off his dick. <laughs> I was so mad. Smith, hold on. Hold on. Yo. We have to rewind this one. Alright. Let's go frame by frame here. Yeah. Your boss, what's her name? Santina. Santina, the infamous Santina, who I've never met but I heard lots of. Santina is like, yo, there's Prince Paul. Yeah, Prince Paul has to go to a shuttle because he's got to go from one place to another. I'm not sure. Maybe he's going. I don't know what he's doing. But the shuttle is shuttle's parked, what, like down the block or some shit? Well, it was like a stop for where the shuttle was. So I don't even okay. think the shuttle actually there. But she was like, walk him to where the shuttle comes. Okay. Right? She was trying to tell him. It was a little out, you know, wherever. wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. A- so she's like, yo, Dave, can you can you show Paul where the fucking shuttle stop is? Exactly. And, you know, I was on the, the board or whatever, and I was one of the people helping out. And there was so many things to be done. But one of the big things was, and she kind of put me on this this task, was help make sure the important people get where they're supposed to be on time. Right. It was a lot of these type of things, like walk this person here, make sure this person gets to that room, da-da-da-da-da. Pick them up from the airport, take them to get Chinese food, you know, that kind of shit, which was fun. She was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she's like, it's Paul. Paul's there, right? So there's Paul with Prince Paul. Prince Paul. So you show show Paul where the the, the, the shuttle the shuttle you know it, it comes, it drops people off, it picks people up. Boom. Right. You're like, all right, it's Paul. Well, I mean, regardless, I would have done it. You know what I mean? Of course. What this weekend was, I mean, it was so many hip hop heads that were there for this conference. Like these are panelists and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They flown in, given small honoraria to, like they're out here for this conference celebrating. I think it was thirty years of hip hop at the time. Nineteen ninety nine, is that right? Thirty years of hip hop by that point. Thirty years of hip hop. Cool. I don't know the exact date that Mr. Herc brought out the sound system, but uh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a major, major weekend. Like, there was so many things going on. Um, so, in any event, yeah, I'm walking. So, I'm, you know, it, but. So, you're walking, you're walking up the block. Yeah. With and, Paul, and, you and Paul. Now, maybe, I'm trying to think back if this, the sequence of events, but I will say this. Like, I'm around Mad Heads that weekend, right? Like, you know, this is 1999, so, like, Rico Wade was still a big name, you know, Organized Noise, you know, Cool Herc, Kenny, Ken Swift, Crazy Legs, mm-hmm. The Executioners, like, Madheads. Yeah. Legends, you know, Legends. Raheem, Grandmaster Kaz, Lady Pink. I mean, there's so many people that are out there, Right. The only time I got starstruck was when I saw Prince Paul. But it wasn't this moment. It was earlier, right before the panel discussion. And I'm walking, just making sure things are going cool. And walking past is Prince Paul. And I'm like, holy shit. And I didn't run up on him. I didn't clown myself. You just, you know, when you're in these circles, you're around these people, and you have that moment, you say, you kind of pull yourself aside, or you kind of think to yourself, 
what the fuck is going on in my life right now? Prince Paul just strolled by. Yeah. You know, and it's Cleveland, Ohio. It's not like cats like this are around like that. Like, if you're in New York, I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's Cleveland, Ohio, yo. And, you know, I was a science major. I wasn't, you know, anyway. This wasn't. Yeah, but now, but now, now you've been introduced to Paul to show him where to get onto the shuttle. Right. And, but see, what I'm trying to remember is, I don't know if I said to my ex-girlfriend, who was also helping out with everything at the time, was, was doing essentially the same thing I was doing. I don't know if I said to her at that, I don't know if she was at that panel discussion where I pulled her aside or said, yo, I can't believe, I just had my first starstruck moment and it was Prince Paul, right? That might have set the stage. But whether it set the stage or not, it still, it doesn't detract from the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so... You're, you, Paul, what, you dap Paul up, and then you're walking over to the shuttle spot? Yeah, not even yeah. talking. I not even dap- talking to him. You dap him up. Yeah, sure, sure. So you're outside and Out- from across the street? Across the street. Yeah. She sees you. She checks you. Checks me walking with, with Prince Paul. She knows who Paul is. Absolutely, and she used to be a radio DJ, and I'm pretty sure she knew Prince Paul. And she's pissed. Not pissed, but intent on clowning. Oh, so she's just trying to clown you. Just trying to clown me. She's not, like, really, like, pissed. She's just like, yo, I'm going to fucking... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she knows Paul. She might have thought he thought that would think that was funny. Wow. thought it was cool, or she might have just been really fucked up. She was just like, get off his dick. Yeah, really loud. (laughs) Really loud. Like, clear as day. No question Paul heard it. What did Paul do? I don't think he did anything. I think maybe he looked at me and laughed. But it wasn't, like, demonstrative. It was just like, whatever for this dude. What did you do? I just kind of shrugged as like, all right, man, you cool, cool, and left. You walked him to the the, 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 the stop, and then you bounced. And then I bounced. What, I mean. I, then, then what, what, did you see her on the way back? You said what? Did you see her walking back? Oh, I'm sure I did. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I, I yelled at her. <laughs> that part of the story I've since long forgotten, actually. <laughs> uh, it's not as important as just her clowning you. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great the, story. Story. Now I think it's funny, but at the time it was, I was, oh, I was so livid, man. I was like, why, why, what, what value did that have for anybody, right? Like, because <clears throat> I'm sure to, to Paul, not I'm sure. I mean, she, she knew Paul at least somewhat. I mean, I think in years after we broke up, they became even friendlier. But you know, it wasn't like. Like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe she, she thought, like, he would think, but my, my, my assumption is that he was, or my impression is that he was just kind of like, wow, okay. You know, like, whatever for this dude. Like, I don't know this dude. Why should I care about him in any way, shape, or form? And he shouldn't. Well, I'm just walking him to the fucking shuttle, right? And it's like, why is this dude being brought to my attention in this way? And why am I being used to clown this dude? It was just a really odd moment, you know. But you know, looking back, it's out. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, getting clowned by these rap stars, man. It's fun. It's amazing. Yeah. They're good stories. I don't... I don't... I've told you these stories. You haven't, and I feel like... I can't think of any times I've clowned myself in front of rap rap stars, but I, I probably have. <laughs> it's probably happened. Maybe. It might just be reserved for me. I might be out here clowning in these streets. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And speak, speaking of... <laughs> that's probably not fair. I don't know if I'm going to go there. I'm just curious about these these uh, renaissances. These renaissances. <laughs> That's probably not. Maybe we could we could edit that out. I might I might do something funny to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lyrical renaissance. I'm trying to decide which verse to read. We could go through all three. Yeah. Um, well, but it's a lot. I. I, I wanted to take it back to our friend, uh, Nori. Nori. Formerly Noriega. Mm. They put out an album with his, his friends Capone and Tragedy Gaddafi back in 97 called The War Report. Whoa, so the whole album was the two of them together. It was the two of them together. Uh, I think it was Capone and Noriega and many songs featured their friend who had an amazing name, Tragedy Gaddafi. It is an amazing name. There were, so there's a lot of references to basically the first Gulf War. <laughs> Very odd things are happening. Wow. But uh, I, wanted to, I was going to maybe read parts of this song called Never Die Alone. Word. Um that a, a serious, serious concept, right? Yeah. Never die alone. Never die alone. It is. A, it's a. It's a heavy concept. Powerful. And so I, I wanted to go with Nori's verse, but now I'm looking at tragedy Gaddafi's verse, and I, I might go there. I think I might go there, but I. It's not often on the show that we build on a tragedy Gaddafi. No, it's not. I don't think he's he's been a, uh, a selected um, guest, so to speak, of the uh, lyrical renaissance. So maybe we should do, let's go there. So he appears twice in this song. Mm. He's at the beginning noted on these lyrics as through a voice processor. So at the start, at the, what do you say? Say that one more time. At the beginning of the song, there's some kind of introduction done by Tragedy Gaddafi, and it's noted that this this introduction is done through voice processor. Or maybe you know, or I don't know, yeah. sound effects. Yeah. Okay. Brief intro. He's laughing. Ha <laughs> ha Oh shit. The Invincible CNN, and CNN being Capone and Noriega. 
dudes, man. They were the, out of control. The Infensible CNN. Wow. The, the Unstoppable CNN. Yes. Lebanon, Bosnia, Kuwait, Iraq, Syria. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. I, I gotta read the first. Noriega starts it out. Just the first two lines. Yo, ice pick, Arabic, Saudi Arabia. My click rolled thick, rip shit, like WrestleMania. What, what gets ripped a lot in WrestleMania? I'm sorry. His click rolls thick. Lots of people, I guess, on stage in WrestleMania and they're ripping shit. I don't know. Oh, the turnbuckles. That gets ripped a lot, right? Yeah. Turnbuckles, catch it, man. Talking about deep references. So I'm going to fast forward to the third verse done by our man, your man, Tragedy Gaddafi, probably a youngster at this point, back then. A word. I'm going to guess, you know, early 20s maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Here we go. He's closing out the song with this, this, this. Whatever, how many bars this is. These bars. Word up. Making on blocks a four-carat stone, infrared chrome. In Kuwait, I await skull and crossbone in my own zone. Motorola flip phone. The infrared on the Giorgio Armani specs. Blowing text at the opposite sex. Blowing text. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't quite understand what. I mean, what is he doing? He's, he's, I don't know. I'm sorry. What's, what's the strategy there? <laughs> he's, he's checking you out. Infrared. He has infrared installed in his Giorgio Armani specs. He's on the Motorola flip phone, and he's blowing text at the opposite sex. So he's... Why? Anyway, for the six-figure check, my slug injects. When the god laid a rest, my seed is next. I was blessed with a thug's caress and a dimed finesse. Titanium chest and bubble vest. <laughs> He's going in. And I think someone ad-libs here. I think Nori might come out of the background because this how often happened on the Noriega albums. Yeah. And, yeah, titanium chest and bubble vest. He, but he wouldn't come and say it like that. He'd probably say it real serious, Noriega voice. Then it gets real heavy. My pop's dead now. It's too late to warn me, inform me. D's want to plant, plant keys on me. Eternally, I want to sleep without the venom of a snake trying to creep. Wow. St stakes is high and the thug's blood runs deep. The jakes want to see me laying under six feet, or so it seems. Now my team work against me. They can't stop my money move. It's too intensely. Gaddafi. I plant bombs where the feds be. I'm like Moses in the middle of the Red Sea with infrared and a case full of 100 G. Leading my thugs to the land of something. With no cops. Pure coke growing on the tree. Arab Nazi. Tommy Hill and Nike's on. Gorilla rap song. Yeah. CNN gorilla rap song. <laughs> 
Hey, wait, wait, wait. He called himself an Arab Nazi? Yeah. You can't do that, friend. He's not the only one in this song who calls himself that that term. What is that? I don't know. It's, it's that Noriega shit, man. They came with the inf- he came with infrareds twice. Twice. Out of infrareds, but this time he's in the in the in the middle of the Red Sea. What do you have with him? Cocaine and a hundred thousand dollars. He had he had he had the infrareds and and a case full of hundred G's. Wow. Where he's going, the cocaine is growing pure on trees. And there's no cops. You know, I don't know enough about cocaine. Does cocaine really dr- grow on trees? Is that where you get coca leaves, coca plants? Is that from a bush? From a bush. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, people always want money to grow on trees. Why wouldn't you want cocaine to grow on trees? <laughs> I love. He was blessed. He, he was. He lists what he was blessed with: a thug's caress and a dime's finesse. Wow. So. So wait, wait, wait. He he was blessed with receiving a caress from a thug? I don't know. I took it as he was blessed when he came to being. Did he come to being? Did he possess the thug's caress? I didn't mean that for rhyme, but it kind of came together that way. Or or did he get caressed by a thug in a, di- a dime's finesse? I think it, it actually might be kind of a cool line. Like, like I have... A caress that you would associate with a thug, which is no caress at all. Maybe that's what he means. Or am I giving him too much credit? No, I, I think that's where he's coming, right? What? Because then he also talks about he's also blessed. So he's blessed with the, those kind of abstract principles: the thug's caress and the dimes, a, a dime's finesse. Those. That's the abstract level. But then he gets real just material with it, and he's also blessed with a titanium chest and a bubble vest. Wow. Wow. I still don't understand why he's blowing text to the opposite sex. No, that's insane. <laughs> but what I, what I, what I take from, from these types of rhymes is casket real high, Yes. And they try to rhyme as many, like, two-bar, four-bar things as they can together at once. Yes. And this leads to really out shit being said, which makes it perfect for lyrical renaissance. Yeah. But when you come back to it and you're blowing text with the opposite sex, you might pause for a second. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. It, what, 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 are we, what, what are you supposed to do with that? He, he says he's mentioning his infrared three times in this verse. Hey, like, uh, that's, there's that much shooting? And, and hey, pal, learn how to use your gun. Do you need the infrared all like that? Or is it just you shooting people at night? And what, what was cool about being in Kuwait? The whole this whole conceptual album, there, I don't know, but I think they're making that that comparison between their neighborhood and the Middle East. 
as they list off the various places at the beginning of the song, Lebanon, Bosnia, Kuwait, Iraq, Syria, yo, yo, yo. Wow. I think. How bugged out. It's a bug. I mean, to look back on it, it's pretty, it's a pretty bugged out. They were listening to a bumping in A1 the other day. I went into A1 and they're playing this mega loud. Oh, <laughs> uh, my click roll thick, rip shit like WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that really is. That's a shout out to a turnbuckle. Is there any other place in life where the, a turnbuckle exists? Is that the only place there's a turn turnbuckle? It might be the only place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. As we were, as we were, because this is usually the wind down. Um. For uh, fresher than your father. Our 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 few listeners know this is when we usually kind of, you know. What's what's a good analogy? We're turning into the garage here. We're uh, we're getting off on our stop on the train. Yeah, you know, trains coming. You know, stops stop. Conductors announced our stop. We're getting our things together. Yeah. Yeah, and if we're getting real inside baseball, real you know inside, you know, we just uh. We just made we just we just made the turn on the mur on uh, Claremont rather exactly on Claremont. But anyway, you know I'm 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 perusing these internets as we're chatting. Really, I'm just trying to. It, it helps me contemplate the depth of what the hell tragedy Gaddafi was talking about. And I stumbled on a link on CNN that said a case for Nas, hip hop's finest MC. Why are we still talking about that? It's just not true. The greatest lyricist of all time. No, he's not. <laughs> Oh, the Nas, the Nas and the anti-Nas camps are so heated. It gets so heated. Yeah. Because yeah. mut- mutual friends of ours are very pro-Nas. Yeah. And so it's funny to me, like, it just, it, it's so heated between is Nas the greatest or, or if not the greatest up there with the other greatest or is he often overrated? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, Questions. Listeners. In any event, Elliot C. McLaughlin, if you want to go holler at him, Elliot, uh, Elliot dropped a little something today on CNN. Our, uh, this is a different CNN. You say what? Is this a different CNN? Oh, this is CNN. Yeah, this is a different CNN. This isn't Capone and Noriega. This is, what was, what did CNN originally stand for? Cable News Network? I believe so. Yeah. Cable News Network. Sure. Let's let's just end it here. Have you eaten already? I did. You did? I did eat, yeah. It's healthy. Yeah, it's, you know, its effects have worn off. I came with turkey meatballs and pasta. If that's not fresher than your father, I don't know what is. Blam. I might come with the pasta as well. Classic pasta. Pasta styles. That's what I'm known for. Indeed. Indeed. I could I could come with all the things you're known for, but this is fresh and uh 
on your business like that, Ian Head. Yeah. I was you 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 could have caught me with uh DJ Center eating donuts at six in the morning, JFK status. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook friends saw that. You know what I mean? Voodoo. Voodoo. Pink boxes. Shout out DJ Center. He's lounging in a Oh word. That's a good spot to be lounging. Yeah. Yeah. You said voodoo, it made me think of I think it's Afro Udu. That Ramsey Lewis joint. Afro Udu. That's one of my first Ramsey le- records. Udu. Let's talk about that record real fast. Okay? Yeah. Here's the deal, listeners. This is Salongo. Is that the name of the album? Yes, Salongo. Ramsey Lewis. He put out an album called Salongo. It had a song called Afro Udu. But. It's, and again, like I said, one of my first records, non-hip-hop records, digging come-ups, and also uh, possibly my first Ramsey Lewis record, maybe my second. Um, but what I really want to call attention to, I'm trying to find it on the web, aha, here we go, the back cover of this record. Mm. Now, on the front of the back cover, you'll check Ramsey coming with, you know, some nice 70s uh, shades, some nice joints, right, style. Mm-hmm. But what you aren't ready for is my man on the back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he had, he's coming. He, not just, this is metaphysical, listeners, talking about the third eye. He has a sunglasses equipped for the third eye. Whoa, I didn't even see. I saw the image. I mean, the record is right downstairs, right by the turntable, because we like fresh shit. Exactly. Like this near our record, near the turntable. But, uh, wow. I'm looking at this image. He's got, he's shading the third eye. He's shading the third eye. Wow. I remember seeing, I remember I was just blown away when I, when I picked this record up. I must have, this must have been, whew, I don't want to admit how long ago it was, but it was a while ago. Wow. And, uh, also I, the look on their faces, all of the whole band, they're not fucking around. They're, they're in here doing some next level shit. Start the record off with a song called Slick. Yeah. There's just, it's a serious, it's a serious endeavor. Yeah, and the, and the, it's Afro Udu, Afro Udu, Afro Udu, Afro Udu. It's a dirt free claw cut. I didn't know that. Shout out, shout out, out of Charles Stepney on this record. Yep. Out. Charles Some funky jazz fusiony shit. Yeah. My record's a little warped, but it still plays. Word up. I keep these around, man. Keep them around. What's up with that funky serenity, crate gods? Somebody doesn't own that. I need to get on it. Get on it. Sometimes you have to appeal to the crate gods. They'll bless you with the record you want. Oh, this is, this is, man, I know we're supposed to, I feel like we've already, like, parked the car. But this is that conversation that might take place when, you know, you've gotten to your destination, but you might, you might build on the, um, 
you know, be building on the, on the, after you got off the train, you might see that friend you haven't seen in a second and, and stand there at the train station for a second, get up and build on these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let me just build on this real fast. Building. Building. Knowledge. Babies. Alright. So, I went to Seattle for a day. Got up with classic cats. Shout out. Evolve one. Oh, word. Shout out. Shout out, Gabe T. Word up. Shout out, my man, Eardrums. Shout out. That's yeah. a, all at once? All, I, I, yo, that day went really well. I like, it was like, I got in Thursday night, crashed with my sisters, got dropped off in the early morning, hit up the donut spot, shout out, Top Pot. Shout out. Got picked up. Um, by Evolve, rolled out, checked some beats, checked some record spots, dropped me off, got up with eardrums, got the fucking, uh, got up for the lunch, got up to bump some records, and, um, and then caught, jumped on the train, met up with Gabe, boom. Boom. Classic. Anyway, so, shout out. So I'm getting up with eardrums, and, um, really good dude. I never, I met him before, but I never really kicked it with him before. So we like, we just nerded out. We went back to his spot. You know, my man has crazy records. Wow. He has the fucking, he had just bought the, um, Tom Scott. Oh, he wow. Walked, he walked into like my favorite, what my favorite record store in Seattle is right now. He walked in there. Boom. Tom Scott on the wall. Paid a little money, but he's like, I'm not going to see it again. Boom. There it is. Wow. Yeah, if you, you, you listeners, we're nerding out right now. Tom Scott talking about Pete Rock. It's all you have to say. Google it. Google it. You've heard it. You know about it. Yep. Um, he had ah oh man, he had crazy joints. So, but we're talking about to come to bring it back to why I went here is we're talking about records that like you kind of summon them, the yep. break gods. Oh yeah. Like you're thinking about him. You might not have thought about that record. And he said that happened with the Tom Scott. He was just talking to his man, I think, the week before about how he never sees it. It's like it would be a real nice piece in the crate. Been looking for it forever. Boom. Wow. And I told him the story about how for years and years and years I've been after the Al Hurt record. Yeah, Soul in the Horn. And in Philadelphia back in like... I think when I lived there, like 2001 or something, out of the 10 cent crate, I pulled the cover of the record, classic cover. My man Jumbo, shout out, it put me on to what to look for, the pink and black cover. Owl Hurt, Soul in the Horn. I was like, oh, here it is. And inside, it was like a Diana Ross record. Oh, painful. But I was like, all right, I'm going to keep the cover. So I kept the cover. And then when I got to Brooklyn, I, I I put the cover on the wall. Not in like a frame, but just put it up on the wall. And it sat there for years, and I could never find this record. And Center, shout out, my roommate at the time would, whenever he'd come into my room, he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, he's like, yo, you're never going to find that record as long as it's on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, fuck that, man. 
And then various things happen, floods, you know, it's a little too painful to go back to. But I ended up taking the record off my wall. Yeah. Lo and behold, a month later, boom. Wow. Found it. And on top of that, I tell this story to eardrums. The next day, I go to Portland. Two days later, I'm in Portland. I'm digging at my favorite record spot in Portland. Boom. Another copy. Soul in the Horn. Five bucks. Blam. Get out of here. Summoned by the crate gods. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just dropped at a, at a set I spent at here in Philly. Just dropped the, the Gary Bart's, the MP3 of Gary Bart's Music is My Sanctuary. Produced by the Mizell Brothers. And I thought to myself, why don't I own this on vinyl? I should just have this on vinyl. Exactly. You know, it's just a fresh track. I mean, I don't know how rare it is. I guess it's not super rare. I just had never seen it. Which really, you can't use as a, as a sign of something's rarity. Because sometimes it's just, it just doesn't cross your path or whatever. It just doesn't cross your path. And, uh, then I go to the spot that I usually go to just because it's close by. And often it's really overpriced, but every now and again you'll catch them sleeping on something. Um, and I'm going through a stack of records, and I didn't really notice that they weren't priced because for years in Madison, the spot I had a love-hate relationship that ended up with love, um, they often will put out collections without pricing them. I'm sure I've talked about this before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh boom, right there, two Gary Bartz records. One of them, Music is My Sanctuary. I'm like, how much is it? It's not priced. I'll price it. Dude seemed a little testy. Actually, it's an edgy move, but we discussed that before. You say what? It's an edgy move. That's an edgy move, but we've discussed that before. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it came to my benefit. Maybe not. I don't know. Because I come back, and they're, each of the records, he just put five ninety nine on them. Word. Never played. Never played. But then, and we have to talk about this cat on the, another podcast. Let's talk about, let's talk about audiophile old head. The record store. Audiophile old head. Audiophile old head. So he's trying to go in with the owners about his media room. He wants to build on his media room. And then, right as he's building on his media room, and I'm trying to cut in and get my buy on, some kid rolls in with like five Beatles represses he bought because he has to make a return because his mom already has them. And I was like, yo, I got to roll. I can't get these records. Thinking about them for a, well, it was, it was right before Christmas, yo. So a few weeks. Roll back to the spot yesterday. There they are, waiting on me. Boom. Boom. Craig Gods looked out. Yes. Long story for the Craig Gods looked out. But yeah, the Craig Gods looked out. So Craig Gods, come with that funky serenity. Bless. Boom. Bless him. Bless up. Bless up. One last thing before we roll out. Um, I, I, when we were talking about uh, Salongo, pulled it up on All Music. I don't know if you guys mess with all music. I like reading album reviews. And uh, right next to Salongo is Ramsey Lewis's Sun Goddess record, right? Mm-hmm. Classic record. 
I don't know if it's great, but it's classic because it's widely known. And if anybody hangs out with people who like poetry or like spoken word, you know, Sun Goddess is just a song everybody knows. At least a one poetry set where somebody sings, they'll start to, wayo, bop, bop, wayo. For Ramsey Lewis, the Sun Goddess. You ready? Okay. Lewis's most popular album since The In Crowd. Very good for what it is. Gold album. That's it. That's it? That's the review. Very good. For what it is. Gold album. I think your man, the uh, the audiophile old head, might have written that review. It's a classic joint, though. It has a it has a cheesy connection for you, but it's a classic joint. <laughs> the sun of love shines down on my wayo. <laughs> oh wow! The goddess walks in wayo. <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. That was, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That song got us, though. Maurice White on that joint. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, they all rolled. Maurice White, Ramsey Lewis, Charles Stepney. Love. All love. All love. Yeah. So I think that'll do it, man. We leave you with that love. With that love. Fresh in your father podcast number forty three. We want again to shout out shout out Raphael. And I want to shout out the Fresh in Your Father Podcast fan page, Facebook. If people actually join the group, then we might post certain things. I think there's a picture of Kobe wearing the uh Quaker outfit right now. Fantastic. Which is uh, it, we could, we would if we had a fresher than your father podcast like actual Facebook page or Twitter account that would be the uh, avatar. Without question. Yeah. Without question. This yeah. Is, this has been a pretty epic podcast. Yeah, we went in. We went in. We're looking at about an hour and a half long. Yeah. Yeah, but we, it was it was I, I feel like it was it was a uh, it was a good. A fairly high level podcast. Yeah, it was eventful. Came with some some stories that were unexpected. Exactly. Oh man, and I have other. Th- we have there's other things to talk about that didn't get discussed. We'll bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word up. All right, it's over. We have to walk these dogs and cook these foods. Jumps up to get beat down, broken down to his very last compound. See how it sound? A little unrational. A lot of MCs like to use the word dramatical. Fresh for 88, you suckers.